0: Drop this on the spot. God stay the queen! Boop, 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 boop. I see George looking down and turning pages. It's ready. Yeah. <laughs> he's an angry Albertan. There's lots. There's lots of stuff
1: here, and he's got notes.
2: God stay the queen! Boop, 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 boop.
1: George got rid of his uh, his uh,
3: awesome yeah, cool background. That
1: was a cool backdrop, George. I'll, I'll,
2: I'll tell. I put it up to remind my, you guys of a of a funny story. Uh, that's me. I'll, I'll tell you. This is it. Actually, involved Les's. Uh, wedding, which is why I wanted to bring it up. Yeah. So this is me. Yeah. And that's Aisha. This was one of the waves of of COVID. And this uh, ER doctor, Heather Patterson, interestingly took a sabbatical during one of our biggest waves. And she could, of course, do nothing. So she decided to photograph and create a book as her. For some reason, I was always working at the PLC when she was on and I'm in Lougheed. the Peter Lougheed and Aisha, who's an emerged, a pediatric eMERGE doc, pediatric emerge people don't get uh, a lot of opportunity to intubate because they're always dealing with young kids. And that's a very rare thing for them to do. The emerged people love being in the ICU and this guy was a difficult intubation and we were doing like a fiber optic intubation and I was helping pull out the stylet so I let her do it under direct supervision and I forgot Heather was taking the picture and so it turned out to be this really cool picture of us uh, and I have this other picture where I'm looking really tired and uh, she has this book Remember launch that one. and she goes George you got to come to the book launch when she's talked to CBC a couple of my pictures showed up in there like while she was cycling through it and I'm all like well that's really good idea. And uh, there were two possible dates. One date I was working and the next date she ended up getting COVID. Then she literally paged me the other day. She goes, I'm doing it October 14th. You've said no previous time. Uh, I'm in Toronto for a fucking wedding. that weekend. <laughs> So it looks like I'm like pushing her off that I don't want to go to this, uh, this book, book launch, left. but I do.
1: But I What's do. the book called, Gerd? Uh, I don't know,
2: actually. Yeah, she didn't mention it
1: george could i how do you feel about could you send i would love to use your picture in about i'm having so many conversations with people in health across canada i would love that backdrop for one of my meetings you'll
0: probably probably have to get those image rights from her steve
1: Mm. yeah yeah i
3: don't think she probably
0: george probably doesn't want that picture
3: she's going to sue george for using it in this call yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I don't record this. So, yeah, forget it. Forget it. You don't have to come yeah, Get producer Mike on clearing those rights before this yeah, goes on YouTube. Better.
2: God, save the queen.
1: <sighs> Bruce, maybe you should rein this in. Like what direction are we going with this? But yeah, what are we talking about, Bruce? Are we gonna go COVID? Are we gonna stay on the monarchy or I did. I, I thought know. it was a combined pod
0: this morning. But I've also said everything that I wanted to say on COVID, so I got, yeah, I, no, I got my points out. So if
2: George has anything
3: to add. Hey, Les, we'll see you later. Yeah. Yeah. Have, a good, have a good Sunday. So, <laughs> enjoy the rest of your coffee. Fuck the queen. <laughs> I'm out. Sure, let's do both. It's September 26, 2022. This is an emergency podcast. The queen is dead. Okay, so it's three weeks later now, but it was still kind of an emergency. We planned this to be a little short snapper. As usual, it got away on us. It was a Sunday morning brunch call. We scheduled an hour. Yeah, it went a little longer. We lost Steve near the end, so some of this is new to him too. This basically should have been a two-parter, but I'm too lazy to do it in two parts. So what I'm going to do is flag a bit of a natural break for you. It's at 45 minutes. We're going to use this guy.
1: Hello, CD listeners. We'll now take a few seconds before we begin side two.
3: Yeah, that's Tom Petty. When you hear him, you might want to take a five. We planned just to talk about the Queen's death, but then COVID kind of crept into this and a check-in at the start. We hope you enjoy an emergency podcast. The Queen is dead. No day Oh yeah, the disclaimer. Hey, there's no fart jokes in this one. Some swearing, good chance George will offend you, that's on him. Other than that, keep in mind, we're just here to have some fun.
1: I've been recording yep. since the beginning. Sorry, right. Bruce. I'm gonna start no, countdown.
3: Three, two, two, one. One. one, Go time. Go time. Oh, that was even worse. You didn't even start at five. I know. You started uh, yeah. at three. You wanna do five. that again? I just like, jumped in on a one. Short shift
0: on the I just, countdown. I just jumped <laughs> <And we> got, <laughs> in on one. We've got a limit of time here, buddy. got
3: to save <laughs> 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 all <seconds>. George's
0: George <laughs> in a rush. No, no, George's not gonna rush, but we got time for a five point countdown you still want
3: to tell your story, less? What was oh yeah, that let me tell you my story.
0: Okay, because you guys, I, I legit like want your opinions on this. Okay, what do we call the hats that we wear in winter? Toque. You call it a toque, right? A toque. Yeah, yeah. And how do you spell toque?
3: Oh, this is a good one.
1: T-O-Q-U-E. T-O-U-Q-E. T-O-U-Q-E or t o q u e. I think there's two ways of spelling it.
3: I, I t o q u e yeah. is how I would spell it with a Q, right? T-O-Q-U-E. T-O-U-Q-I-B, yeah.
0: yeah. And me as well, right? And yeah. presumably that's must be a French word for a hat. So I make this reservation, you know, online at this expensive restaurant called Touque. And I'm excited to go there because I know, oh well, fucking pretty lucky we're in Montreal and managed to, at the last minute, get a table at this restaurant. So I'm in the hotel, you know, we go down for a drink at the bar before we go. And the bartender's like, oh, you know, welcome to Montreal, blah, blah, blah. What are you doing? Yeah, what are your plans tonight? I said, oh, we're actually, we're uh, we're going to this restaurant, Took. And he's like, hmm, yeah, no, never heard of it. And I'm like, oh, thinking, I thought this was kind of a famous place. Like I assumed that the bartender at the hotel would never go, no, yeah, no, I don't know that place. Oh, okay, interesting. And then someone else, I think it was like the driver in the Uber or something, told him where we're going. He's like, oh, yeah, no, I don't know this restaurant. And I'm like... What the hell have I been duped? Like I, like I thought this was a a pretty well known place that we're going for dinner. Like I'm excited about this reservation. Turns out that the restaurant is called Toque. Yeah. Okay. Spelled
1: <laughs> Spelt. I'm gonna. I'm totally gonna validate your story on this, Les, because the same thing happened to me, dude. <laughs> the word Toque that we use gloriously
0: to describe what we put on our heads when it's snowing is not a French Canadian word. They're like. Yeah, no, that's not. I don't know what that word is that you're saying. That's not what we. I go, isn't it like a hat that you wear in the winter? They're like, no, I don't know, man. <laughs> that's like, yeah. no. And, and toque, uh, it's T it's O Q U E with an accent, right? The right? Over the E, is a spin off of the tall, white French chef's hat that they wear like in a formal French kitchen is is called not toque but like toque or something pronounced slightly different but that's where the name of it comes nobody in Montreal had any clue what I was talking about
1: when I was saying toque but but this is it how (laughs) close is that toque toque toque? like I went less I was there the next week we just missed each other I'm being asked and you know like I said the CEO I work with is a huge foodie knows every restaurant knows the owners And yeah. we're talking, I go, yeah, I'd love to go to Tuque. And he's like, nah, don't know what you're talking about. And then we get into a crowd of people and I'm like, yeah, my one of my best friends went to, to Tuque. And they're like, yeah, it must have been in Paris, not Montreal. <laughs> and then and then I'm going, no, I swear, I actually saw it online. And then everybody started laughing at me. They're like, oh, you're, what a goof, it's not Tuque. And I go, it smelled too. <laughs> like, and it was this big deal in this moment. Yeah, and it's toque. Right. And I was like, wow, I was not feeling, I was not feeling, I was like, there's, this is, someone's being lied to. Someone's being yeah, lied to. Yeah, exactly. Here.
0: Fuck you know, the French. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Fucking they clearly knew what we were talking about. Fucking Montreal, yeah, yeah. You know, Montreal would be great if it wasn't for the French. If it wasn't yeah. for all
0: the French people. Yeah, <laughs> fuck. I do love that city though, you know, man. I had not been there in, in a number of years. And, and Yeah, Stephen they like Lafayette. when you
1: visit. Catherine lived there for a while. And they, uh, yeah. they, they're good with their visitors. But if you live there, if you're there long enough, and you're in the same neighborhood, and they see you, and they know that you're not francophone. Uh, it yeah. changes. There's, there's it literally changes. And I can, I can test some I was like, I, I think that's in your head. And then I was like, Hey, there Bruce, Bruce, can months. you yeah. record
2: this? Fuck the French. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> like, give me a break. Like, that's so. That's so. It's so. They're so xenophobic. It's ridiculous. They really <laughs> are. Yeah. And uh, to the point, uh, you know, they, uh, they're like the French, right? They have like a. <laughs>
0: No, no, the no, French no, 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 like, like the, the French? French. No, 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 the French.
2: Like in France. Yeah, because when we were in Paris, uh, <laughs> summer, and we the took French like, a like the same boat cruise, uh, we had this um, uh, Québécois girl. Because I ended up talking to her, who had perfect English and perfect French, and they had an institute for the preservation of French culture. Like there was this building that you. It was this beautiful old building, of course, hundreds of years old, and uh, it it immediately occurred to me. Uh, I mean, that's great. Of course, you want to preserve your heritage, but it's like the preservation of us. And uh, that's a little bit, it sort of is the residue of of Quebec is that they sometimes are, they try so hard. (laughs) Like, I, I love, I don't want Quebec ever to leave. I mean, all of our Olympic medals come from them, basically, and their food is, and, and their food is great. That's the reason but, to keep them? Attractive women? Yeah, it's a little bit too much. You're not the first person that I've heard tell that story, that people who live there, and it very quickly turns into, oh, now you're here, uh, all your leash is gone. Now yeah. you need to assimilate. Fuck you, you're not the Borg.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's okay that you don't speak French. Yeah, yeah. For this week. Yeah. Cause you, cause you're just visiting. Yeah. Well, the other thing I'll <laughs> tell you, you get a kick out of George or Bruce, actually, from a public health standpoint. <laughs> so, you guys know that I got COVID while I was in Montreal. And I'm like, you know what? I'm certain that we have COVID, but I should go get a test. So, COVID tests free at pharmacies. You just go pick them up in Montreal. Yeah. If you're a Quebec resident. Yeah. Quebec resident. Walk into a pharmacy, pick up a five pack of tests, free. If you're not a Quebec resident, 20 oh bucks goodness. per test. <laughs> Become one in a box, 20 bucks. I'm not kidding. Fucking communists. <laughs> Quebec can separate
1: now, as far as I'm concerned. That's it. I'm like, you're kidding me? <laughs> but this is what doesn't make sense, right? You're there, you're visiting, you could be infectious. You could just oh, decide yeah. to go, you know something? I'm not going to get tested and then just go open mouth, kiss everybody in Old Montreal. Right? It's terrible public health policy if your concern is overall public safety—the safety of other people.
0: With one exception. Yeah, I couldn't <laughs> believe it because I'd even I had phoned in advance right to make sure because I was like, oh god, I don't want to walk all the way to the pharmacy. And uh, I go down there and I'm like, oh, and she immediately she looks at me, she goes, uh, "You're from out of province, right?" And I'm like, and she was Anglophone, the the pharmacist. I'm like, yeah, and I'm thinking. Well, what could you tell? I just walk in. Like <laughs> I'm sure she's probably thought I was American because there's a lot of American tourists in, the, in Montreal. How did you know
1: she was the Anglophone? That was her name, Brittany Smith. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> because yeah. she sounded less French than I did in speaking to her. She,
1: she's had like, the great, she had the wildest <laughs> English accent ever.
0: <laughs> yeah. She's like, oh, yeah, sorry. I don't have any of those. Uh, I don't have any of those tests. I go, what do you mean those tests? Like I phoned. You said you have tests. She goes, oh, I have the ones for the Quebec residents. I'm oh like, my so you're not going to. She's like, no, I ordered them on Friday. So I have 40 of them coming in. And if you want to come back in a couple hours, <laughs>
1: like, oh go back in gosh. a couple hours. Wow, that's, uh, she's like, how
0: many do you want? I go, I don't know. Like, how many are in a box? She's like, one. Okay. Well, better give me like six. She goes, there's $20 <laughs> each. I'm like, are
3: you kidding? <laughs> Hanson, I can't believe as the businessman you are, you didn't walk outside and pay some guy 20 bucks to go in and get you five tests <laughs> like some local. Here. I so should have, man. Here's 20 bucks. Go get me five tests. Good one, Bruce. <laughs> Look at Krantz. Look at Krantz, the business guy, right? It just jumps all over Ooh. Lester. Yeah, I love it the one you left behind i'm just poor <laughs> i know how to navigate this world with no money <laughs> well what pissed me off the most
0: was that i had to walk back to my hotel and then walk back to <laughs> pharma pre two hours
3: pharma later which
0: which took 101 percent of the energy that i had for the day so <laughs> yeah actually. before we check in And can no longer talk about other people's rights-protected material. George, I have one question about that photograph. Are those the same? Is that the same photograph that was in McLean's magazine? Uh, I don't know, but if I don't think so. Yeah, I I don't know. But remember the photographs of you that were in McLean's last winter? Wasn't it McLean's?
2: Uh, Maybe. I can't remember. Uh, To tell you the truth, I can't. It's funny. I used to subscribe to McLean's. uh, Do you not remember
0: (laughs) your your photograph being in McLean's (laughs) magazine last year?
1: <laughs> so, maybe not.
0: <laughs> do you, Bruce? Do you remember?
1: I do, I remember. I remember because it was black and white, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember George white. Show. Yeah, and and I don't know if it was McLean's, but I when I saw that, picture, I'm pretty I'm like, sure it was McLean's. George, how do you not remember like that? <laughs> Yeah. Covid is
3: a fucking fog for you. I, I hope you canceled your subscription like one month before your picture was in McLean's. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I still I still get the Thompson Citizen, hoping that I'm going to get in there. <laughs> All these years later,
3: <laughs> the Queen is dead. It's the Snow Day Podcast emergency pod, which we tried to put together. We first started talking about it the day we heard that the Queen was dead. Um, we didn't, couldn't put it together that day. Tried to shoot for the day off. Uh, that didn't work <laughs> either. Everybody was kind of bouncing around. Steve had to go to Cancun, <laughs> like emergency trip to Cancun. Uh, so it is now September 25th, six days after uh, we've did our morning and uh, and the queen is in the gotta ground presumably i'm not even sure yeah. what they did with the body i hope that doesn't yeah, sound callous but i that's yeah. that's the degree that i was interested in that day um you got to think ah it's a two. yeah for sure of course uh before we do that a quick check in we got to start with you lester you got marooned in montreal for a long time we <laughs> allu- did we allude to this on the last podcast we talked about doing a covid one and at that point you were the last man standing The record is over.
0: I was the last man standing, in the words of the immortal Cosmo Kramer.
2: I'm out. What? I'm out. I'm out of the
3: contest.
0: (laughs) I'm out. Uh, COVID finally caught up to us. We, uh, we went to Montreal for a wedding uh, two weekends ago and uh, managed to uh, come down with COVID and get stuck in Montreal for a week uh, as we quarantined there in a hotel and an Airbnb and,
3: and uh, you know, basically just checked out of life for a week until COVID passed. You and I had a little conversation when you first found out, and I got to give you some props. We bust each other's balls a lot on the show, but uh, good for you for sticking around in Montreal because it would have been pretty easy to just get on the train and pretend that you weren't really sick, and (laughs) in fact, a whole bunch of old people someplace between Montreal and Toronto, and there there really isn't anything that made you stay there, but you found a place to stay for five days, and uh, so top marks to you, man, for doing the right thing, even though I don't think you had to. You're,
0: you're right. We didn't have to. Nobody, nobody
3: actually checks,
0: but we, we had that conversation you know, we had train tickets booked, woke up on a Monday morning. I'm like, I've got a train in three hours. I know I have COVID even without testing. Cause it just, as you guys, you've all had it, you know, it just, it's like, oh, I have a cold, but it feels different. And I'm like, yep, this is something brand new for my body. So I'm certain this is COVID. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to knowingly get on this five hour train back to Toronto thinking of the little old lady that was sitting across from me on the way from Toronto to Montreal three days prior. And uh, yeah, so we, you know, we followed the health rules and we quarantined. We actually ended up quarantined for a full seven days. And mm-hmm. uh, cause we were still testing positive like five, six days later and uh, you know, tried to do the right thing. Even though people don't seem to really care. I can't believe how many people who I told that story to since getting back. And I'm like, yeah. So we, you know, we ended up, we had to stay in Montreal and they're like, why <laughs> well oh my gosh, you know you're yeah. not really supposed to travel if you know you have covid you're not so you're supposed to quarantine. i don't think i think um steve you might know this better than me right now because you're in ontario as well i think the law in ontario now is you don't have to quarantine at all it used to
1: be five days it's just encouraged now it's not not enforced it's not no they've loosened the restrictions yeah yeah. But I'm surprised too, less. I mean, I was hanging out with Americans last week and, you know, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. I mean, when we had the flu, everyone knew you don't send your kids to school with the flu, right? Everyone knew that when you had the flu, you know, we had to take precautions. Now we have COVID, which is worse than the flu. And it just seems like people are so tired. that like, I don't care. I'm going to travel on the train like, and get everyone sick right it's 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 mind-blowing to me but anyway before
3: we uh before we slide to cancun i'm curious george is there lots of pressure still in your icus of people with COVID? like is that still a a thing first of all less uh the rest of canada is finally catching up to the freedoms of alberta
2: (laughs) yes do whatever you want no consequences (laughs) fuck everybody else So now that you've tasted that personal freedom, you can never go back <laughs> to specifically answer your question, Bruce. No, I mean, things are rapidly escalating. The The only people that come in with COVID, you know, have three or four vaccines. They've, they're, you know, transplant patients. They've got lymphoma, leukemia. They've got other medical is No longer are we getting anybody that looks like us as a phenotype, like healthy, relatively healthy people. Yeah. So that's sort of
1: uh, that's long gone. Yeah. But, but George I, and we don't talk about it now. But I'm talking with like a dozen hospitals across Canada, and they're saying there's nothing post about post COVID. There's some of them that there's consistent outbreaks on their on their floors, and they're now dealing with uh, you know those. Uh, consequential things now. That's not COVID. Isn't as bad, but the lack of staff and the lack of uh, the, the high levels of mental health issues and stuff are really like just adding up to make it a different type of stress.
2: Oh no, no, no! For sure, yeah. I think that's a that's a good other question. Uh, the exodus of nurses and staff in our healthcare is is astonishing. There's not a single week I don't show up. To ICU and I meet new nurses I have never met before, like ever. And of course, everybody's covered up with their face, so I can't even
0: recognize them because I've never actually seen their face. Do you ever say, "Hey, are you really a nurse? (laughs) Let me see your let me (laughs) see your badge." You've got the shoes. You've got the shoes,
2: but are you really a nurse? (laughs) (laughs) You know what I? You know, you can't tell any nobody anymore cuz everybody's in greens and yeah. wearing face yeah. masks but yeah th- that's a separate question yeah 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 and I, that uh isn't sexy to report on uh there's a lot of cool stuff on long covid cases mm. that's coming out that I just find interesting but they don't come to the ICU they're just chronically yeah. unwell um yeah uh, just as a as a side note because you know part of my checkup will, will be you know a couple of recent trips, I've experienced something similar to less, where I know people are not well. Like I can just tell people don't feel great and they're totally on planes, trains and automobiles. Like, like there's uh, people like less. you would be a singular example of someone that would do what you did. Like I wouldn't know anybody else that would choose to do that.
0: Well, I'm often referred to as a hero, George.
2: <laughs> but, right.
3: yeah,
0: yeah. yeah no no you are <laughs> outside of this little podcast world where you guys take the piss out of me constantly <laughs> yeah yeah i did that i self-isolated for 10 days in uh, in june oh did you just one up me there steve is that what you're saying <laughs> i did seven so you did 10 he's always
1: shitting yeah. on me bruce I heard hero and it just it just made me I just it just your reaction. Turns out little, I isolated
3: uh, for eleven days in August when I <laughs> got COVID. So,
0: you know, George, that's a, it's an interesting point. I will sort of, um, I guess, proactively throw on the table that I I'm I'm cognizant of the of the privileged involved in the decision that I made to quarantine. Um, I was in Montreal. I looked at Alex. I'm like, okay, we both have our laptops. We both can work from a hotel room for a week. We work virtually anyway. We can afford to stay in a hotel for a week. I was able to make decisions, you know, based on, on my situation uh, to quarantine for a week. I didn't, I wasn't like, I have to get this train back to Toronto because I got a shift tomorrow at 8 a.m. and I have to be there. Or I'm going to lose my job. A lot of people are in that situation. I'm fortunate to not be in that situation, but I, but I, I recognize that, that not everybody has that, that ability.
1: I don't want to minimize how less d- diminished his hero status by saying, you know, they call me hero because he I didn't have to get on that. I have privileges. I didn't have. <laughs>
0: that sounds like a hero to me. But I I think it's interesting too because it's interesting to, to hear you say that, George. That you're not feeling the pressure in the ICU from COVID anymore. And I'm I'm obviously happy for you uh to hear that, and for our healthcare system in general, because I think it does. You know, I I hear Steve's side of the story too. You still see all these tremendous statistics about how, how you know, now we're going to have another flush because kids just went back to school and it's all in the uptick uh, again. So the healthcare system presumably will be pressured again. But I think the other interesting side of it is the change in society now with COVID is nobody's afraid of COVID anymore. Right? I like even like when we you know you think back to the beginning and it was like you heard somebody had COVID like a friend or call, you like oh shit. You know you get a little nervous for a second like yeah, I hope that guy doesn't end up in George's ICU on a ventilator, right? Now it's like Oh, you got COVID. Okay. Yeah. Well, probably not going to do much for the next few days. <laughs> and then it's going to go away and you're going to be fine. Everyone's like, oh yeah, you'll be fine. You know, it might take three days, take lots of Tylenol, cold and flu. Right. And you'll be fine. And we never had a moment of, of trepidation when we realized we had COVID. It's just like, oh shit, this is going to be inconvenient for a week. But I, and, and when you talk to people about it as well, all, first of all, almost everybody's had it at this point. Like we, we laughed at this. I was last man standing of the four of us, but it, like I don't know what percentage of Canadians have now had at least one bout of COVID. Like I don't know, Bruce, I, you might have that number I, handy. I think
3: that number's like ninety. It's yeah, of, it's it's like, in the nineties, yeah, right? I, I that was, came up for Northern Manitoba, anyways. In a meeting, was like in the high eighties, and that was months ago. So
0: yeah, I was I was reading a, an article uh, last week about you know how they do sometimes they take the the le- I don't know how to describe this property, but they, they basically take the leftover blood residue. Like if you go to the doctor and you get a blood draw for something, George orders a blood test. So you go you get drug and there's a little bit of blood left in the vial. Sometimes they use that blood anonymously and they do population testing on stuff to see what's going on. Right. So they use that to get like a, a mass population. Uh, understanding of antibody levels in covid and it was like astronomically high like something like 90 percent. they're saying this person has either been like and they can tell the difference between vaccination and uh, exposure right because you have different types of markers in your blood and they're like yeah it's ridiculous like the percentage of these blood samples that came back this person has had some exposure to covid so i don't know you know like people were you know Biden very uh, famously said last week, you know, announced uh, the pandemic is over. And then he walked it back. Yeah. And then got blown up. Right. Because yeah. <laughs> as with everything in the US, half the people went, yeah. And half the people went, fuck you. <laughs> you know, right? Uh, you're right. You're wrong. Right. So, but I don't know, like, where, do, where, where do we sit on that? Is the pandemic over?
3: Do you guys find with this second round, like a lot of lingering effects? Like I can't totally figure out if it's, long COVID. I don't, I don't want to say that I have long COVID, but like I felt okay after about six or seven days, but now still like a lot of fatigue. Every once in a while, I feel like I have water in my ears. Like I wake up in the morning and it's, it's as if I just got out of the lake, you know, and it's really strange. I'm getting. I feel like this round, although I didn't ever feel super sick, I was more sick the second time than the first for sure. But I really feel like I've got some lingering effects and it's been like six weeks for me. Oh, I was going to ask how long it's been—six weeks. Right. It, it was it was August long weekend, so yeah, basically six weeks. Probably,
1: I throw that in there and say, yeah, since uh, yeah, there's a couple of things that just haven't straightened out. Like there's moments where I feel uh, I'll be out of breath, but I'm not out of breath. Like I feel, I, I like I feel like I uh, maybe at George, it's like a lack of oxygen because I can take a full breath, no problem. It's not like it's shallow, but I feel like I'm out of breath. Uh, you know, and that that hasn't totally bounced back. Like I still have tons of energy. I played tennis the other mm-hmm. day, fifteen games, and I and I'm not slowing down and stuff. But I feel like I'm low on oxygen. Um, but I, like I can still breathe well. It's really weird, and that's that hasn't kind of bounced back. Um, since COVID. So it's interesting,
3: Bruce. I yeah. was,
0: I was thinking about you the other morning. Cause you mentioned that in a text and I was at my trainer the other morning and the guy before me, we were talking, he's like, Oh, you had you know COVID last week. And he said to me, he goes, be prepared for three to four weeks of fatigue. And I was like, Oh, that?" he was like, he goes, yeah, that's, he goes, mine was like three, three and a half weeks. My wife was four weeks. He goes, a couple of guys in my office. So at six weeks, I don't know that you're necessarily outside of what's, sounds like a maybe a pretty normal experience
1: so i wouldn't start getting too much anxiety has lost his smell zane's smell has been gone never come back months never come back his taste halfway back uh his smell uh still zero Wow. yeah i never lost and we've tested that we've tested that
3: murphy did for a couple days i didn't yeah i never did like that for me
0: the other interesting thing too compared to like the early days you know round one of COVID when people were ending up getting ventilated and it was basically, you know, a disease that crushed your lungs, Um, I never had one second of difficulty breathing. And I have like my Apple Watch measures, my pulse ox. My pulse ox never went under 97% the entire time I was sick. So it's weird, George. I think you probably find that pretty interesting how this virus has morphed, like become something completely, completely different uh, with these later strains than the alpha variety of it.
2: Yeah, a couple of points. Uh, Steve, does it burn when you pee, and is there blood in your stool? This has (laughs) nothing to do with COVID. I'm just interested (laughs) for (laughs) other illnesses.
1: You just want to know how good a weekend he had (laughs) since my trip to Thailand, George. It was ever since my trip to Thailand. Yeah, this is
2: a Cancun question. Yeah, Uh, and the second point is just out of you know uh, the evolution of viruses. You guys are talking about something that is quite interesting. At the end of the day, the most successful organisms don't kill their hosts. So, uh, you know, this virus, as it mutates and becomes uh, more indolent, uh, it's it's very successful. Like, it makes you feel shitty. It's easily transmissible. Uh, the lingering effects, well, we're, everybody's a little bit different, but long COVID is very interesting, and you guys are describing lots of those symptoms. Uh, I have a friend uh, whose daughter had it. And he got to the point where he flew to Germany with her to do some testing about how sticky her blood was. And he's quite a good friend of mine. And uh, I could just see the despair in his willingness to do anything for his child. And, you know, this child has been sick well over a year and has never, but I mean, like fatigue, like can still go to school, but you know, has to leave halfway. So, you know, you, wow. whatever you guys are describing, I can tell you it can be magnitude worse uh,
3: for sure. Yeah. It's, 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 uh,
2: I, I'm not sure this is going to go away. I'm not sure this is going to go away.
3: I'm, I'm just using it as a, convenient excuse to be out of shape and old at hockey <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. we, we started playing about three weeks ago and so COVID's my excuse for not being able to keep up
0: <laughs> like Krenz, why are you skating so slow oh COVID man COVID, COVID. oh okay all right, <laughs> all right. Work out. you didn't work on that in the off season eh we gotta get you some rollerblades for next summer
2: <laughs> Bruce you should ask for another holiday
0: my last point on COVID and my lasting thought On COVID when I was sick thinking like, yeah, this is fine. You know, like, I mean, I, we were whacked right out for three days, didn't get out of bed. And then day four, you wake up and you go, oh yeah, okay. It's going away. I can tell I'm going to be fine. But I did, I do think that I would not want my mother to have that level of sickness that I had in my body. Like it would make me nervous wondering if at her advanced age and, you know, if she would, you know, be able to fight that off. Cause we were flattened for three days. And you know, if you're old and yeah. starting to get a little frail, like it's, or if you're immunocompromised, you know, not necessarily just age, but you know, as George knows, it's like yeah, it's well, it's, that's, it's that's what
1: I like. What you said about the train less, you don't know, right? Like I said that to Zane when he kind of Zane's had it for a third time. Yeah, so he's had COVID three times. Right? We call him <laughs> the COVID king. And you know, I wonder, I wonder who he gets it from. <laughs> no, it's when I was away, <laughs> dude. You're
3: constantly traveling. <laughs>
1: But with some responsibility, yeah. The first trip I took was to the Calgary when it was on fire for someone's birthday. One of them is on the call. It starts with G and ends in George Alvarez, <laughs> right? So, so we do we travel for certain reasons for people we love. So does Zane have monkeypox too? You know, I, I'm, I'm surprised. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know. Yeah, his his AIDS has been flaring up. We got to get on get on top of that. But uh, I'm surprised that human beings went two years because I have traveled probably the most over COVID. I didn't hear one person cough yeah. for two years. On a Everyone's phone too phone. afraid to. <laughs> like, well, now they're just yeah. people are just coughing like crazy in the, in the mask, and I have to turn to some people and go, "Seriously? Like, you held it for two years, and now you just got to <laughs> let it rip and sneeze without your mask on? Like, like it's it's ridiculous to me, right? How how no, how nonchalant and negligent people are being.
0: Yeah, and in the U.S., I mean, you were in Cancun, I've been to the U.S. It was like. You. It's only, they remind you, you're getting on an Air Canada flight. You have to put a mask on. And the Americans are like, wow, what the fucking communist Canadians.
3: We're, uh, okay, we're 45 minutes in and George hasn't got a chance to give us his check-in yet. So, so what, what do you got, George?
2: Well, there's actually lots to check in, but I'll only check in on one thing. Uh, I'm doing another little project in the backyard. I was sending you pictures the other day. I'm actually uh, Shaw is coming this uh, late this morning. Uh, I hate wires overhead, and so while I was able, I dig the trench with the help of my children, child labor. And the other day, I took Zara to Lowe's, and we ended up getting half inch piping, and now we put it underground. And they're gonna and I put a string, and I did fish tape. <laughs> like I had this like cool little project with her. It was actually super fun. The reason why I'm bringing this up is. Uh, you know, I pride myself, even though I'm not really a laborer, to have my Portuguese roots where I can sort of figure stuff out. And I was using my gloves for most of the project. And I took my glove off and I was using a spade. <laughs> you guys are not gonna oh be, be- able to see. Crence
0: <laughs> is gonna laugh at you.
2: <laughs> it's 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 hilarious. This is this is why I want to tell this story. So I take off a glove to get something that I needed to find motor skills, and then I didn't put my glove back on. In five seconds, I tear. <laughs> This huge swath of skin. Those delicate little hands of yours. Days. Hands and, of a uh, pianist.
3: <laughs> and I go to – so, 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 so Megan, <laughs>
2: Megan and I are watching so this like quasi-scary movie and she squeezes my hands and I go, fuck that, Jesus Christ, that really hurts. And she goes, what did you do? And I showed her this big blister and she goes, George, you are not meant to be laborer." You have manicured hands, and she basically <laughs> unknowingly gave me the biggest insult possible. I'm all like, "I'm fucking Portuguese. I've got ca- oh wait, I don't have calloused hands, and I get regular manicures and pedicures." Awesome. <laughs> so I it was. And I, I couldn't even fight it. Like I was like, "How dare you say that to me?" Because it's true.
1: <laughs> Shortest fight ever. Shortest. Can fight I just ever. ask?
0: Can I just pose the question to Bruce and Steve? Is that yeah. the most old Portuguese man statement that George has ever made? When he said, "I'm digging a trench <laughs> in my backyard because I don't like wires overhead. <laughs> I don't like wires. Why? I just don't like
1: them."
2: What are we doing this afternoon, Dad? We're digging a trench.
1: Why? Don't like that wire up there. <laughs> so you're not far off from your roots, George, because that sounded that sounded
3: totally Mediterranean. I love it. Yeah. That's a good yeah. check-in. Yeah, I love it. I love it. That is a good check-in. I wish you were visiting so that everybody on the island here could give you a hard time <laughs> for being so soft. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Bruce goes,
1: hey, George is, ha- George is coming over, a- ask him to help chop wood, uh, ask him to shovel, yeah. and he'll be like,
3: no, it's I'm sorry, like, I can't, man. no, go, in why so, not? go inside and make me a frittata. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cancun, Stevie, give us the two minutes on Cancun. How was it? Why did you go yeah. there? Who goes to Cancun in September?
1: Yeah, no, I've been doing, yeah, how about during yeah. the week of hurricane, hurricane season? Like, I mean, it, it's the like the days I was there. Um, just a really cool opportunity. I've been working with so many in one week, I was working with every like almost every population of leaders, and this group was J.P. Morgan funds uh, the startup accelerator, underrepresented CEOs, and they were from twelve of the most promising new companies, kind of from around the world, um, and they never really had anybody talk to them about how important values are or culture is for people. So they're getting started now. Some of them are like two people companies and some of them are 10 people, but they're just getting started. Some of them may be as big as Uber. Like they've got a lot of promise. And I got to spend a few days with them talking about what they want for their people and what do they want for their leadership. And entrepreneurs aren't leaders, right? They're they, they are basically lone wolves, Less know this. Like, like They basically spend their life developing a product or a process. And then all of a sudden it gets taken up and they've got to lead people to make it happen. And that's where a lot of entrepreneurs fall short and their companies don't survive as a result of not being able to uh, sustain what it's like to, to, to work with people. So it was a cool opportunity. It was amazing. It was a lot of work um, because I was also uh, working with everybody else around the world in between my sessions with these folks, I stacked it right on, but it was good. It was fun. It was a really cool opportunity. And I mean, you know, a knows, you know, it's one thing to work with uh, George, like, you know, physicians who know their whole lives, that's what they want to do, but to work with founders and we all see them when they are successful. But you don't see the ten years of them like changing in their mortgage and putting their like every cent on the line and and not knowing every day for years where their next meal is going to come from and how they can get this company off the ground and so it's a it's a really unique kind of person um, and it was an honor to kind of work with them so that's what I was doing. That there. sounds awesome, yeah. buddy. It's really cool. Good for you. Nice. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Didn't I just mention that I got a blister on my hand? Like I think we're kind of the talking- struggle is real. Is that what you're
1: saying?
2: <laughs> Yeah, the struggle is real, dude. I don't give a fuck about these guys. Wow, you just you just can't give less hero status, and you can't give me my hardworking blister, eh? Jesus, never change, never change, Steve.
3: I found uh, actually, you left some breadcrumbs in my world, Steve. I was going through this old. We have a like a shared drive, you know, that all of bunch of people have access to and there was some getting to better stuff in there like (laughs) deep down about six or seven folders in i was like what the hell and it was some years (laughs) ago yeah kind of cool somebody saved it somebody thought it was worth hitting the save button
0: (laughs) I have a Steve folder on my hard drive. (laughs) There's all sorts of interesting (laughs) shit in there. (laughs) And not just compromising
3: (laughs) photos. (laughs) Uh, Nothing about why it hurts to pee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I got basically no check-in other than I built my second outhouse of the summer uh, a couple weeks ago. You have so men's and women's outhouses Mike, up there now. Uh, is, so. <laughs> you know what? Uh, Studio P does have a men's and women's right huh? now, his and hers. Like we put up the second one and didn't take down the first <laughs> wow. one. So I've never used the new outhouse yet. She won't let you. Marnie won't let me. And then uh, producer Mike desperately needs a new outhouse. And so we spent uh, a couple Sundays ago basically... Went from having only a floor to a roof and walls and windows and like built, built an outhouse in a day. And I'm going back to help him put the door on today. So I just
0: leave the door off. Come on. It's got a good view of the lake.
3: (laughs) He'd rather, I would rather, but Uh, yeah, the the wife's not so keen on that.
2: How do you dig it by hand and how deep do you go?
3: So I dug a four by four hole, seven feet deep, George. No blisters, brother. Oh, Oh. that's some shaming. Those are real calluses, (laughs) man. Yeah. George's hand is hurting just thinking wow, about seven it. seven feet wow. down. Seven feet. And uh, the way the ground was with mine, I was just like chucking the dirt out. Like it looked like I was a grave digger in yeah, some yeah. bad movie. Like <laughs> all you could see was the dirt come flying out of the hole. Mm. Producer Mike had a friend helping and they were using a pail to lift out some of the dirt. So yeah. one guy on top, you'd fill up the pail and lift it up and chuck it out. So yeah, it's just straight up manual labor. Yeah. Dynamite would probably be easier, but I don't have access oh, well. to that. <laughs> Yeah, the dynamite happens
1: after the outhouse is made. That's yeah. where that happens. <laughs> explosive, lots of explosive. Yeah, that's what they're gonna do to the old outhouse <laughs> yeah. now that they've built the new one.
3: <laughs> On that note, Georgie, that podcast that you sent, Giant, was just awesome. Like it felt like Thompson, one hundred percent. Yeah, it was pretty interesting. So yeah, it's pretty neat. It's about the giant mine in in the Northwest Territories and a big strike where my my grandfather actually worked was working in 1941
0: when my dad was born up there. Yeah. I never knew Guy Hanson wow. was born in Yellowknife. That's that's huge. Yeah, little known fact. I actually it's funny cuz I actually <laughs> got that wrong. Uh, Alex and I had to go get our marriage license, right, from the from the province uh, a couple of weeks back and you have to fill out a form. It's kind of weird. You have to fill out a form, the weird questions they ask you before they'll legally allow you to get married in the province of Ontario. First of all, you have to declare a religion which I thought was fairly old fashioned. Yep. You got to declare a religion and you have to put the full name, date of birth and the province in which each of your parents were born. No idea what they do with that information or why they care. I feel like this is something left over from the 50s that's just still on the form. But you have to put the province where your parents were born. And I got mine wrong because I, I was talking to my mom uh, a couple of days later. And I told her, I like, yeah, it's weird. I had to put the province. She goes, now you remember that your father was born in Northwest Territories. I'm like, I did not remember that. And I filled the form out incorrectly. <laughs> put you down. It's
1: both Saskatchewan <laughs> kids. <laughs>
2: Way to create a loophole to null the marriage,
0: Les. That's good.
1: Yeah, good job, Les. Thinking ahead, buddy. Thinking ahead
0: accident I, I corrected it when we went to because you got to like fill it out online then you got to print it you got to take it down you got to go to the little ticket window and sit in in at city hall yeah oh, you gotta go there and then you got to oh, get stamped God. and the guy asks you a question you gotta like attest. And I said actually I made a mistake on my form and he's like what and I told him he's like oh okay we'll just correct that there <laughs> like I'm like so clearly you don't really care I don't think you even entered it into your computer
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah he even there was the cap was on the pen. He was just pretending to write all, I don't remember doing anything
3: like that when we did our marriage license. Like I, I don't remember doing it at all. But you'd think that would stick out a little. That's because you
1: were drunk for the whole uh month before and after. Yeah, I still am. It's been a it's been
3: a twenty eight year run. <laughs> Not
1: bad that's why that's why you had those dry uh those uh, dry januaries or whatever it was it was just uh you just had to poke your head up and see who was still around every
3: quarter century i take a couple days off <laughs> 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 take stock of where i am i'm hanging out <laughs> yeah yeah who, who my best friends are and uh, who's still standing like, whoa yeah. good thing i've got this podcast to remember what i did um okay do you have to leave right away steve or no
1: Oh, he can Come on, you can give us 20 minutes on the queen. Come on. I can push another I can push uh, till 11:40. That's what I can push though. But yeah, so Hello CD listeners. We've come to the point in this album where those listening on cassette or records will have to stand up or sit down and turn over the record or tape. In fairness to those listeners, we'll now take a few seconds before we begin side 2.
3: I, I can start it off. It it was kind of a zero for me. Like, other than the fact that I don't want to s- see anybody die and I mean, seem like a nice person from the outside looking in. I did did a little bit of looking into it after, but that had almost no effect on my life. Did it, like, rattle any of you guys? Georgie, you go first. You got notes.
2: So... Well, first of all, you got to enjoy a day
0: off. Okay, but don't start with that. Start with how, it, how her passing affected you. <laughs> we'll give you a second round to go to the angry old man. <laughs>
3: <stuff>. <laughs> you can't instantly rip me.
0: You were,
1: you were unkind, Bruce. You deserved it.
2: First of all, I can do whatever I want. The mic is mine, and he can edit anything else.
1: <laughs> Fair enough.
2: So I, I want to remind uh, about how constant she's been in our life. I remember as a child... Singing "God Save the Queen" mm-hmm. at Juniper School, and I remember there was a picture of her either in the gym mm-hmm. or in Mister Crawley's. In the, I think office. it was in the, it was in the multipurpose room. room,
1: multipurpose room by the Up, kindergarten above for, the clock. Yeah. yep, yep. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, I mean, we have known about her as the head of a what are we a a, a parliamentary constant uh, a monarch parliamentary <laughs> monarchy like whatever we are like we've known her. <laughs> What are we, a parliamentary (laughs) parliamentary monarchy, like whatever we – it's part of our lives for a really long time. And I was very interested because I thought most people would be like Bruce, like it had no effect. So I just started talking to people and it was very interesting. I talked to Zara, my daughter, zero effect, barely knows who she uh, was – uh, nothing. I talked to Megan. The only reason why Megan is interested in the monarchy is because of Princess Di and that we watched the Crown series, which is just like an excellent biopic on her mm-hmm. entire life. As a side note, I was with Steve when mm-hmm. Princess Di died. We were sitting with his ex-in-laws in Winnipeg when that happened. And then I ended up having dinner very soon after the Queen died with somebody from England. And I was actually quite touched by, by how moved this person was, Uh, what a stalwart, uh, steadfast person that she represents to the country of England. And I'm going to sort of paraphrase her. And what she said really resonated with me. She said, this lady has been a repository and a witness to history. She's been around for so long that people forget what uh she's basically witnessed and then she said something really interesting to me which really rang out and i'm interested in what you guys had to say she's been completely apolitical meaning you actually have no idea what she views the public in general has no idea if she's left right center mid of any of that she's met whatever 15 presidents or prime ministers all of these presidents and you actually have no idea how she stands on any issues And in the last five years, I think we've all recognized that the world in general is being stretched into corners and opinions, and she has not been that. So she's been this kind of beacon or this pillar that uh, people can look to and almost feel safe that they could just be whoever they're going to be because she's a symbol. She represents something that you actually don't know what she thinks about. I, I just like her symbolism. All
1: right. I think when it happened like George, I just felt there was just this feeling of loss and I couldn't, couldn't, you know, couldn't, uh, and I'm, I'm moving into you, Bruce, cause I've got some serious issues about what the monarchy has done around <laughs> the world over the years. Right. But, but just initially from a personal experience, it was like, this was a big part of our lives growing up. Well, all, everything that George said, right. We sang, we like, we honored the, the monarchy for so long. And again, I think just at a time, when you look around the world and you see leaders let us down, like perpetually letting us down, flipping, uh, you know, and she she just represented consistency, consistency in a strong leadership that was not was unwavering, whether it was good, whether it was bad, whatever, but it was just something there. And I do work with people from the UK quite a bit and spent some time with them last week. And even though I didn't feel like, I, you know, because after that kind of faded, I was like, yeah, you know what's the relevancy (laughs) you know and and uh really it it doesn't have much bearing on our lives right day to day but i remember saying to a group of people that were in the room when everyone was checking in i just thought i'd stop and say hey to my uk counterparts i'm sorry for your loss and they were coming up to me later saying thank you so much like it it is a huge loss to us and it you know they were teary and stuff like that so so you know we are removed but um and again, uh, when she became queen, she was so young. Like, like you know, when you look back at all the pictures and everything that she has seen, it's 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 pretty darn impressive. And the last thing I'm going to say about it is, I had that feeling. Uh, somebody sent that text about the unemployment thing with uh, Prince Charles, and I was like, you know, I was wondering, is he ever going to be king? Like, was he ever going to be king? And now he isn't. I'm I'm kind of curious to see what that looks like. But those are my thoughts. You know, it for me, it falls in a
0: category. It definitely impacted me. Like I was driving and I heard it on the radio and it was like, wow, this is this is a big event. Um, I think it falls in the category of events that impact you or you recognize that they're big events just because they're big events, right? Obviously, I didn't have any personal attachment to the queen. But you realize this is a huge day in history, right? It's like we, we talked about this many you know a few years back we did the pod on heroes and we just talked about you know when when something like a celebrity dies or an important person dies It brings people together, you know, because Steve, you gave us that good explanation about how, you know, when when lots of people are mourning the same event at the same time or recognizing the same event at the same time, it it has an effect on on the population. And this is arguably the biggest event like that of our lives, because um, they were saying that her funeral might have been the most watched television um, event in the history of the planet. Um, you know, so this was a this was a, a massive news story that brings people together, and I think it's an interesting coupling with what what you guys have said about the fact that you know she reigned for seventy years, and you can't really say anything bad about her. I mean, you can talk about you can say what you want about the monarchy, about colonialism, all those things like in general, but about her as a person, it's like who's been a public figure for 75 years and not had a scandal, right? There've been scandals in the family, which she has stick handled, right? But like, it's, it's like pretty, pretty incredible, pretty incredible life lived and like, just like a massive event in human history um, that we, that we all kind of recognized for or recognized at at the same time. And I think those events are really interesting. You know, George, there's two things that, that kind of came to mind. When you were talking, number one is, yeah, every day of our young lives, we stood for God Save the Queen at the end of the school day. We stood for O Canada to start the school day. We stood for God Save the Queen at the the end of the school day, right? It was part of our lives growing up. I don't know if your kids still do that, George. Maybe that's why... Like Zara, is that just an Alberta thing because you guys
1: are fascist out there? Yeah, they just shoot guns. They just shoot guns at the beginning and the end of the day. <laughs> they just uh, Yeah, they just shoot some <laughs> rifles into the air. <laughs> no, but it, it stopped in the
2: late 70s. And, and yeah, Manso so they don't the do it year. in Manitoba either, but we but did. We did.
0: And the other thing, George, when you became a citizen of this country that you love so much, you, you swore a pledge of allegiance to the queen. That's to the queen. Yeah, and that's ceremony. Yeah.
2: And Bruce was there. Bruce was there when I became a citizen in grade 10, just as a little side note. You have a personal
0: attachment to this woman even greater than, uh, than the rest of us. I think too, like it's, it's interesting. One of Alex's best friends, um, you'll, you'll meet this woman at the, at the wedding, is a, she's the, one of the photo editors for the Globe and Mail. So she actually chooses the the pictures, the images that go on the cover of the Globe and Mail, right? So it's a like wow. really cool job. I love talking to her about it because it's like, I'm like, wow, you actually control like the imagery that affects all of us as candidates, right? That's like Canada's national newspaper, right? Like, and I was asking her last time she was over here, I was asking her like, what are the biggest sort of events? Cause I, I'm always interested in like how she does this and like how fast she's like, some things are planned way in advance. And I was like, what's the biggest thing that you guys are planning for? No hesitation. This was about two months ago. No hesitation when the queen dies. She goes, we've had materials prepped for when the Queen died, obviously, because she's lived a really long time, right? She's like, for years, the Globe has had this package of materials prepped. She's like, that's going to be the biggest news story of the world. Uh, and I was like, oh, yeah, hmm, that's that's pretty interesting. And of course it was. And so then I was, I was very curious as the pictures that would, would go into that. Alex was telling me, she talked to her the other day, and she said, even though the Globe had prepared their insert for years in advance, when the Queen died, they all started arguing about it and like ripping it up and changing their minds and like redoing the, the years of planning right as all good institutions do so it was a it was a little bit crazy um, but yeah huge huge world events and, and I think an important event in our lives
3: my little struggle with it A George yes you- I enjoyed having a day off, even though I didn't feel any <laughs> allegiance to the queen. But uh, when they said we could have a day off, I'll take a day off anytime they'll give it to me, public servant. You're right, George. Uh, my, my, I guess, like little interesting struggle, and you touched on it a bit less. It's funny, you basically read my list of notes back to me, which I thought was pretty good, but um, just with the colonialism <laughs> angle, right? Like when this first happened, part of me, like around celebrating the queen and the monarchy that didn't feel too good. Um, and I struggled with that a little bit. But then I actually saw a couple stories about how the Queen tried to back out like some of her proactive steps in terms of sort of returning the world and, and you know, like actually helping some of the countries um, around the world to to kind of sever their ties a little bit. And, and the article was a little bit hard saying she probably could have done more, right? But we, we always think that. But I... I it was it was a good reminder for me for somebody who hadn't really dug into that too much that that she wasn't still trying to take over more of the world in turn was and and i mean they they were their power was slipping like not to say she wouldn't have liked to but just had no choice because of the way the world went but it was still interesting to see it from that angle instead of the uh, you know we want to rule the whole world kind of thing so that was a good little bit of a good eye opener for me even though i feel You know, especially in Northern Manitoba, we have some, some anger and some real, well, all of Canada has some real, you know, colonialism, (laughs) anger, probably, or issues. So that was, that was a good eye opener for me.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because the obvious secondary question right the first question is how did you feel the day the queen died and did it affect you and then the second question is okay so what do we do now because it it as predicted it opens the door to the conversation of okay is now the time that canada should reconsider whether we want to uh, abandon the the monarchy
1: mm-hmm. right and that's a that's a you know something we could talk for hours about yeah, where where to next last it's interesting and it's kind of tied to the monarchy tied to just in general we are at a place where everyone's wondering you know what? What can we give back, and what can we do? You know, you know, Bray is a big national monument. Like he loves to do every museum in every city, <laughs> right? yep. like everyone. It's not a metaphor. And when we were at the National Museum in uh, in London, you know, there's these artifacts that they have of from other countries that could easily just be sent back. Yeah. <laughs> you know and you know and people are talking about you know colonialism being over it can't be over when they're holding on to like one of the most precious samurai uniforms yeah. ever or they've got you know they've got the heads uh, one or two of the heads from easter island uh you know like like <laughs> where, where these are monumentally meaningful for those countries and for their history right and on one hand they're saying oh you know it's over It's it's not over because you are still benefiting from from the things that you've taken. And being Dutch, I have to, you know, say as well, like, you know, the, everyone knows the Dutch as being these great liberal kind of pot-smoking euthanasia, like, you know, pluralists that are open, but there's a dark history there um, and the things that they did as well. And just being a Dutch person, I think, like, there's shit that we need to send back and there's still shit that we need to make right. So when the monarchy... It was tough. And with Bruce, when we're celebrating this, it was just so difficult to give so much attention to something when there's so many other things that we need to be giving attention to that were a result of this celebration, right? And of this, this greatness. So that's what I'm going to pause there. And, and and George, I just want to say for the record, I'm sorry uh, about your blister. And I'm sorry <laughs> that it hurts. And I know that you are working hard and, and uh, <laughs> exactly. less – you Very are nice here, Steve. you are one of my biggest heroes. Thank you. I feel you validated? validated. I don't
3: know. <laughs> 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 I got, Bruce has got nothing. Chris has got nothing. That was nice I suppose.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, blame it on the long covid Krenz. You're just you're just you're just unkind now. Is just, yeah? Sorry. Turn mean. Yeah. Well, Steve, I'm going to you're
2: going to leave and I'm going to uh, counter some of your points, so you'll have to listen to it on the pod. I'll see you later.
0: You're going to wait with eager anticipation to see what
2: we, oh, yeah, how yeah, we yeah. responded to that. So a that. couple of things. One, I, I definitely stumbled on um, when I was trying to define our, our government. So as we were talking, I Googled it, and we are a constitutional yep. monarchy.
0: I didn't bother correcting him because <laughs> it was fun listening to him stumble.
2: What are we of? Uh, uh, Parliamentary, constant uh, uh, monarch, parliamentary <laughs> monarchy, like whatever we. Yeah, I was stumbling. The second thing, what Steve was saying, there is no way England is unique, of course, yeah. in <laughs> colonialism. Yeah. You know, and I think I, I think it's absurd generally that people can look back in uh, this doughy-eyed retrospo- retroscope and start shitting on. Hundreds of years in the past and somehow supplant themselves and said, if I was there, I would never yeah. do that bullshit. You would have done it for sure. It is one of the biggest weaknesses of the woke
0: culture. Never mind hundreds. It's thousands of years of human history.
2: It, it, but but we'll, we'll just go back a couple of yeah. hundred years because we were talking about the monarchy. So remember, So I, I don't like when people look back and, and, and feel bad or try to shit on what was happening in the past. Dude. If you were there, you would be doing exactly the same thing. And depending what class you lived in, you would be enjoying or not enjoying your stature in life. So that's that's an important point. Uh, the Queen inherited a waning British Empire. So she didn't uh, get the British Empire in its full flower where, you know, the expression, mm-hmm. the sun never set on the British Empire because they controlled so much stuff. Uh, And uh, Bruce brings up a good point. She did steward through including us right in 1986, uh, a transition of many foreign governments, 82, uh, not complete severing, but step back from them to be the head of our government. And even since she's died, I've heard a lot of great BBC talks about uh, the Caribbean, who is a huge, huge fan of her. They love her like every every person that they spoke to uh in all these islands thinks she's amazing for all the reasons that we've talked about that she's really basically been unscathed in her political career they now have used her death as a trigger to say you know what now maybe we're gonna have a referendum maybe we want to step back and you know not have the union jack on our uh, on our flag so i think you brought up a good point bruce is that uh, she has helped could she have done more Yeah, but you and I could have done lots more too. I could donate more to charity. Like everybody can always do more and people generally fall on, well, they didn't do enough. Well, okay, but it's not as if she held some reins and choked and said, nobody can do anything while I'm the ruler. In fact, that's quite the opposite. She was instrumental in moving things forward uh, and that's why she stayed so apolitical is that she understood her role and she saw it. She's a very smart lady and human being. She saw because when you witness history, you can predict things and because you've lived so much Mm -hmm. of history. So I I think I don't think this is the time to start shitting on the monarchy and the British Empire with all the atrocities that they did, because they did, but so did my ancestors. The Spanish were (laughs) terrible, the Portuguese were terrible. Holland was terrible. Every country that had means was terrible to other human beings. And every country had slaves. Like, you know, like it, you you just cannot, it, it reminds me a little bit of Kobe. When we talked about Kobe, the first thing people wanted to talk about was, you know, some of his dubious past. Oh boy. Like, really? That's the time you want to talk about it after, you know, his family lost him and we lost an amazing athlete. You know, I think we can pause and let's concentrate on the things that she gave, not what she could have gave or given.
3: The other funny thing that I struggled with was, like, we are basically direct uh, benefiters of colonialism. So, of course, we're, yeah. we're, we're settlers. Our our families a couple of generations ago came to Canada or to wherever one generation for you George and live a pretty good life now because (laughs) we came here right so and I'm not yeah again you're right like you don't you're not going to go back and change any of that and we probably would have done the same thing if we had the opportunity but I don't think we should totally lose sight of the fact that you know in some respects we benefited from that so yeah um, it's it's kind of a weird weird feeling right when you think of it that way
0: there's a, a, an interesting sort of like side angle that you have to consider in all that, George. I think you made some really good points there. And, and part of what I think the conversation needs to be at this point is there needs to be a decoupling of the queen from the monarchy. When we look at mm-hmm. it going backwards, we could say a lot of great things about her. When we, when we talk about whether or not Canada should continue being a uh, constitutional monarchy under uh, Britain – we're not talking about the queen or the king. You're talking about the institution and and what is the head of state of Canada, right? Because I think it's interesting, you know, gone are the days, I think, gone are the days, you know, when you watch movies and shit and they're talking about kings from hundreds of years ago. And it's like good kings and bad kings, you know, he was a good king, the people loved him and he was a bad king. He was harsh and evil. Like that. That's not like what's going to happen moving forward, right? People are like, okay, the queen is gone. Now we're going to have King Charles. Is that going to be okay? Like maybe we should get rid of this now in case he's a bad king. Well, come on. That's not <laughs> the, the 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 personalities of the of the head of that monarchy I don't think really are going to have much impact on Canadian life moving forward. It's more a question of whether we want to stick with the institution. Um, and that I think is a is an, an interesting question and it's a much more much much more complicated question than than most people understand um canada can't just you know decide tomorrow yeah okay now we're we're done with this we're no longer going to recognize uh, uh the the monarchy anymore it would, it would take years and years and it would be difficult and painful and you have to ask yourself if you really want to do it the other thing that's a kind of a neat angle too when you when you talk about george you know um your your ancestors right the spanish the portuguese the french the british they were all you know going into the new world and slaughtering people and trying to you know increase their their empires it's interesting to think too from like what it is that makes us canadian uh had we not stuck with the british we'd be american now right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like i know that's <laughs> yep. that's a very yep. like unnuanced you know shallow kind of like hot take for me to toss out, but it's, there's kind of like an angle of that, right? Like it's kind of something to think about and which would you prefer at this point in time? (laughs) I, I, I think too, like, you know, Bruce, I, I, I hear what you're saying and I think it's really important to the Canadian conversation. You know, the troubles that we have as a society, understanding what to do with the history of colonialism in our country, as with every country around the world, as George, as George pointed out. I'm not sure that removing ourselves from the monarchy changes anything, or is it is it like a necessary step towards healing uh, of any of those issues? Some people would have different opinions of that. Me personally, I don't. I don't know that that it doesn't fix. It doesn't change history, and it doesn't fix anything. And as as George said, you know, Queen Elizabeth in her time. Um, was usually on the right side of most of the of the things that she was trying to walk back over an incredibly long period of time and an incredible change in like Christ, the life she lived, right? I mean probably, I mean, she lived a really long time. <laughs> and so she saw you know, she saw she saw just an unbelievable changing in in world uh, politics and had a front row seat to it, which is you know obviously pretty cool, but anyway,
3: Two things on that, and and I agree with you. I don't think that um, whether we're linked to the monarchy or not changes anything with our history or how we feel about that or how we deal yeah. with it. Like totally, I think it just it just played into my emotions around that day, right? And trying to figure out of how course, I yeah. how I felt about. And like you said, giant world event that everybody's kind of talking about. On that same kind of note, I'd be curious. This question is probably out there someplace, but my grandmother who passed away at ninety nine two years ago. So like almost the same age as the queen, yeah. right? Like in the same yeah. kind of thing. Every time I asked her what the most incredible thing she saw in her lifetime was, it was electricity. Like I said, what's the most incredible thing? And she never wavered on that. Like, and I asked her a bunch of different times, yeah. even at the end of her life, when she was, you know, slipping a little bit. And uh, she just said, our lives changed Like you can't believe, like it was, there weren't fires in the house anymore. It was less dirty. (laughs) We had appliances like you, and you think like of all the things like the internet, like, you know, in our world, you can't even imagine that, that (laughs) she had electricity come to her house and she actually had to, they had to commit to buying like four appliances or something. To go along with, to get the electricity to the To get
0: the electricity, you had to commit to the fact that you were going to use it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We're not hooking you up if you're not using it. I'm not wasting time. (laughs) Totally what it was. And so it'd be curious to see what the, you know, if the queen had something like that, where she's seen how many world wars, like, you know what I mean? A front row seat to all of that stuff. All that
0: change in Europe.
3: Yeah. The one other thing that I kind of wanted to just bounce off you guys, and this almost falls into that category is just the pageantry, but even the, They're like the castles and all that kind of stuff just doesn't feel relevant to me. You know what I mean? Like, like there's, there's some part of me that thought, why at the, you know, in any of these giant parades and celebrations, didn't you roll in with like a, you know, a Tesla bus or something? That's a horrible example. Cause, but you know what I mean? Like something that looks new age and, and like everything seems like it's sort of stuck in the past, even. You know, you don't hear about it. Maybe they did have like a high end condo in, <laughs> you know, someplace that was just totally modern. Like it, it, and somehow that disconnected me from that whole crowd a little bit, just because it never seems like any of that has been modernized. Yeah, modernized. Yeah. Like the outfits and, and, yeah, everything, well, it's,
0: right? it's interesting too, though, Bruce, because I think there's a, like, I found the flip side of that interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, in the, I don't know how long that funeral was on TV. The day, right? Probably 10 hours or something that they were showing stuff going on there. But of course, we woke up, turned turned on the TV, watched a little bit of it. And the stuff that they were talking about, I found it like, it's incredible when they're talking about, okay, this regiment of guards are wearing, are called this. And they're wearing this specific uniform because of this. And it's stuff going back, like, it's like 500 years of tradition, (laughs) And it's like, you know what, there's a coolness in that the fact that they have kept these things, you know, like, there's a specific regimen of guys who are still employed every day. It's their job. They're probably paid by the British military, I would imagine most of those guys are policing or probably military. And they put on these wacky costumes every day. But there's a huge reason for it. And it goes back so far in history. And the fact that they maintain it so diligently, I think is really, really cool. It's mm-hmm. really cool. and uh, I, I hope and expect that they will continue to do that. And I think that's part of like like if, if, if I was pushed to answer right now, I hope that Canada maintains those traditions as well because it's part of our history. Mm-hmm. Standing for God Save the Queen is part of our of our history growing up. you know You could yeah. say, of course we don't support everything uh, you know that, that came along with colonialization of Canada, but you know it's part of our history. and uh, some of this needs to be maintained. George, I'll throw in one little salt salt shaker for you.
3: Throw in a salt shaker. Never heard that one before.
0: George, I'll throw in one little salt salt shaker because for you. I know you were so angry about about it being a holiday. I actually did some reading on that, and it turns out that when the head of state dies in basically any country in the world, it is always a nationally recognized. Mm-hmm. Holiday, And if Canada hadn't recognized it, we would have been so far out on a limb, it would have been absurd. We're just not used to it because our head of state was the same person for 70 years. So we've actually (laughs) never seen it in our lifetime. But like every country in the world, when the head of state dies, it's always declared a national holiday.
3: This is awful to say, but I almost felt like that was a snow day. Like I finally got a snow day, just a random day off that I didn't see coming. (laughs) A total bonus. (laughs) You know, it's funny
2: because I ranted about, you know, having a day off. But I think most of the theme of my talk was the appreciation of the monarchy. And both of you brought up, you know, interesting things. Maybe this will be my last, you know, points. Mammals, humans love to reminisce. I mean, the whole point of our podcast is we have been friends forever, uh, not forever, half of her lifetime, barely. And uh, we often reminisce of what it was like to be in Thompson. And, you know, Bruce and I reminisce how it's different when we lived in res versus, you know, his kids going into res. We love uh, reminiscing, partly because I think generally speaking, we look at. At our past with rose-colored glasses, everyone does, and yes. that's to yeah, say that I think yeah. we've had a good past. Yeah. yeah, everybody does, but in particular, I think we've had a good life. And I think I, I agree with less tradition, the costumes, the pageantry. People find comfort in that. When I had dinner with that lady from England, you know, a lot of what she talked about was that tradition that where people can look back, and there's pride associated with it. So even though there's a darkness. Mm-hmm with that past there's also a consistency and we need consistency we need tradition those are important things for the human psyche to have and how you raise your kids and how you raise people people need boundaries and consistencies and rules and regulations and having huge history is an extension of that and i also find it very interesting bruce and i wanted to uh, you know maybe you will comment on this How you view is very different than how Les and I view because you are in public health in an underserviced part of the world in northern Manitoba with a very different population than we have. So your take on it and how people talk to you about it, I'm going to guess is very different than the wild, wild west of Alberta – where it's a very different, (laughs) you know, atmosphere. And so we kind of have a coldness. Like I can look at it a little bit more objectively because it doesn't really affect me where you have legacy up there. You still, you know, the people you work with still think about it, but the people I work with don't think about it.
3: No, that's true. You're right. We're we're pretty surrounded by it. A small, funny aside to that is Murph's taking, uh, Indigenous Studies course at uni, his prof throws out, yeah, like there might even be some people in this class with status, like a treaty status or and Roof's like, okay, I'm Métis. There's 250 people in this class. Like, I hope there's... Yeah, you know? <laughs> like, pretty
0: sure there's some.
3: <laughs> yeah. The, the, the prof seemed a little out to lunch, but it was an eye-opener for him. He phoned me right after and he was like, dad, I never realized how surrounded we were by Indigenous culture. And like, you know what I mean? Like half yeah. of my hockey team was easily recognizable and probably two thirds, you know, cause some, sometimes you can tell and sometimes you can't, right? And so now he's in this class and he said, it's just, so it's kind of like what you said, George, we don't, I don't think we realize quite how surrounded we are sometimes and you're right, it's real. And we talk about it every day. Yeah.
2: And you know, and I, and just to put a, I think at least a positive spin on it, how we grew up versus how we celebrate the, inge- the indigenous community and their culture is completely different. There's definitely a celebratory aspect to it, it was shit in the past. No question. Nobody in this pod is not going to recognize the atrocities of the past. But I think, and I like to believe this is a human characteristic, we are turning that around and we're making it more positive. And now we're celebrating it. And uh, just this week, it got announced that the Sissika Nation in Alberta is going to have its own police force. The first fully indigenous police force to police their own people. Cause that's always mm-hmm. been a big thing, mm-hmm. not just in yeah. Canada, but in every other country in who polices yep. the populace is bad. The, you know, the, the Southern border being a gross example. So there are positive things moving forward. Maybe it's slow, maybe, uh, you know, it, it could be faster, uh, but there's progress and you have to at least look at the progress moving forward and that there is change. And, The queen witnessed that change. And I think that's cool. And I hope we get to witness as much change
0: as she does. Yeah, well said. That's a pretty good wrap. Yeah, that was good. George, I'll give you one funny side story that I remember when you were talking about the importance of tradition. Years ago, back in the university days, I remember uh, going to a fraternity alumni dinner. Like once a year, there'd be an (laughs) alumni dinner, right, where they'd wheel out the old old timers, right? And these they, some of these guys were like old like class of 47 type guys, right? And they come you, you have like a formal dinner.
3: Serious gray balls these guys?
0: Yeah, for sure. And of course we're you know second year university students, right? So the fact that you had to put on a jackets to, to go to this dinner was like a big deal, right? You go, of course, it's a fraternity event. So it ends up just being a drunken shit show. But the, at the beginning, there was a lot of formalities, right? And I remember sitting down at this table to get ready for dinner. And I started to take my jacket off, right? Because like, you know, you go to a wedding and you sit down, and you take your jacket off, you're gonna have dinner. I started to slip my, my jacket off. And the old guy beside me whacks me in the back of the head. And I'm like, oh, and he looks at me, he goes, you do not take your jacket off until after the toast to the queen. Wow. And I was like, okay, sorry, man. (laughs) And then it it was like the third thing on the agenda, you know, the official toast to the queen. And then everyone took their
3: jackets off. I'm like, yeah, tradition, you know, (laughs)
0: traditions are important.
3: (laughs) Let's wrap on this one then, because I think my battery's going to die on my laptop pretty soon. Um, I'm not plugged in. Uh, a quick, when is the last time you, uh, only because oh. it just came to me right now. And, and uh, when is the last time you sang or participated in God Save the Queen? And I'll give you a second. Oh, I can tell you the first one. This is, it's kind of a, I'm setting myself up on this one because our community band plays it at the Remembrance Day service every year. And so we, we practice it, we play it quite a bit. So I've, I've uh, participated in playing God Save the Queen. We also help out the air cadets with their changing of the guard thing. And so we, we play it there as well. So my last one for sure was last year on Remembrance Day, but probably we practiced it after that.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, I, I really don't know. And I would be guessing, I assume that I hear God Save the Queen on Remembrance Day. And a couple of times I've been because they have a Remembrance Day thing uh, down at Old City Hall, and I used to have an office across the street from there, and so you'd be around sometimes when they're doing that. So, but yeah, that's a good question, man. I don't know <laughs> after after you know talking about how we stood for it at the end of every school day for the first <laughs> six years for our scholastic careers. <laughs> I just think that's a nice
2: tradition. Yeah. You know, I, I'm glad that you're helping people. You know, sing that, play the backup to it.
3: The other funny thing just on saying that George is our conductor likes to play it very quickly, and gets massive pushback, especially from the older people in the band. that that, it's, slow it that down. that's not that's wrong, right? Like it's not uh, it's not traditional or whatever. Yes, and so yeah, respect. He gets, he respect to play it a lot slower, so it's it's pretty funny.
0: You don't take your jacket off until after the toast to the queen. No, boys. after
3: the toast to the queen.
0: Keep that in mind when you come to my wedding. <laughs>
3: Thanks to the rest of our team, social media Todd, producer Mike, and the secret weapon, Shannon Prince. He did have an early exit, but on his way out, Steve gave us this little nugget, and I think it's a nice way to finish. God save the Queen! Boop, 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 boop. Okay, just kidding.
1: Here's the real one. So that's what I'm gonna pause there and, and, and tell you guys I love you very much. I miss all of you desperately. Uh, and I'd love to talk to you a little bit more over the next couple of weeks.